0: Welcome to the Daily Face-Off Show. Your everyday source for the latest news with top-notch insight and analysis. Here's your host, Frank Saravali.
2: On the 347th day of preseason hockey, God said, let there be regular season puck. And here we are. Welcome to the Daily Face-Off Show. It's the opening of the regular season. I'm Frank Saravalli, and I'm pleased to introduce to you Steve, Greeley, welcome to the dark side, Steve, after 12 plus years in an NHL front office, multiple different roles, most recently as the assistant GM of the Buffalo Sabres. Welcome to the Daily Faceoff team.
3: Well, thanks, Frank. I mean, I I think it's just a rumor, the dark side. I I never thought that. Maybe (laughs) some people I've worked with have, but I certainly didn't. So uh, excited to be with this team with Daily Faceoff. We have a great crew and, you know, excited for day one of hockey.
2: Yeah, let's get right into it. We uh, this is how it works. If you're just joining us for the first time, we'll ripple around the NHL, fast-moving show. Uh, let's start with a two-minute and thirty-second clock to get through these first few topics, and we got to start where they're raising the banner in Tampa Bay—the second year in a row that they're raising the banner on opening night. So much attention. Steve, on whether or not the Tampa Bay Lightning can raise a third one in a row to become the first team since the New York Islanders dynasty in the 80s to win three straight. Can they actually accomplish the three-peat?
3: Well, I certainly don't see why not. Um, They bring back a great team. They bring in a hungry guy like Corey Perry. They took care of some of the things that, you know, could be distractions, getting a GM signed, getting their head coach signed, and you know, now it's just about hockey and they appear, they appear to be healthy and ready to go. And, you know, like you touched on with the Islanders and going way back to the Canadians and the Leafs, you know, I, I don't know if this is a team that feels pressure right now. They're, they're playing to do something extraordinary. So, uh, you know, are they playing with house money? I'm not sure, but, but they should be excited about what's a great challenge and, and maybe they feel a little less pressure to do something great.
2: You know, it's interesting. I've I seen the extension for John Cooper that now places him, rightly so, among the highest paid coaches in the league. I'm fascinated to learn what his message is. You know, the last year, and that's maybe the toughest thing as a coach is sort of controlling that narrative and how you energize your players. But last year, the message was pretty clear. It was, is your cup full? after having just one well now they've got their name on two and it's maybe a little bit harder to drag that same kind of energy out of your players night after night in a long now 82 game regular season again after a shortened season that when you know that you only really need to turn it on for the playoffs
3: yeah i think i think what we'll see tonight is a team with a ton of energy uh, raising the banner kind of, you know, gives you the chills and the goosebumps. So so they'll be ready to go. And I think it is a team that, you know, they, they probably know they're a playoff team. They know they're going to get there. And, you know, how early can John Cooper get this team to flip the switch? You know, like you said, you don't want to turn it on in April. This team wants to be ready to go so that when they start playing their most important hockey uh, they are ready to win games and they're not caught off guard, you know, by playoff hockey. And, and just based on the experience of the players and the coaches and the staff, I, I think that they'll be prepared. And I, I think, hey, like any team, there might be a bump in the road. And, and they've had that along the way, even when winning cups. But I think they'll be ready to go. And I don't think they're a team that, you know, we're going to be saying in November or December, what's going on with Tampa Bay. I, I think we'll be watching them almost hit stride.
2: And you mentioned Corey Perry, by the way, going for his third trip to the Stanley Cup final after losing to the Lightning. If you can't beat him, join him. And by the way, the last Stanley Cup appearance with Perry with the Montreal Canadiens, where there was some big news today, in Nick Suzuki signing a massive max term, eight-year deal worth $63 million. You, as I mentioned off the top of the show, we the assistant GM in Buffalo. Give us the front office perspective. Why would a team want to lock up a player like Nick Suzuki, who hasn't played a full 82 game regular season to this type of contract?
3: Well, I think this is a player that Montreal knows that they're going to build around. You know, it's not just short term. This is a long term guy now that you have for eight years. And and typically nobody knows their players better than their own team. You know, they acquired him in a trade. They have believed in him for a long time, um, you know, the contract negotiations can be a distraction for a player. They can be a distraction for management. So having that over and knowing that Suzuki is locked up, going to be a huge part of their core, a guy that they think can lead the way down the middle, um, it makes a lot of sense to me for for both parties to get this done. And I think Suzuki's sitting there saying that, uh, wow, I have some amazing financial security that... i was playing for the london junior knights and even dreamt so he's put himself in a position that's that's amazing for him and his family and montreal's put himself in a position uh where they're extremely happy having a center locked up long term
2: well and one thing for me to point out is if you get suzuki locked up to a long-term deal there's no threat of an offer seat should throw that out there with the carolina hurricanes listening but in all seriousness I think it's the two keys to this deal are, one, that you're buying the best years, most likely, of Nick Suzuki. We've seen a lot of teams get to this point where they've had a player that meets or exceeds expectations, and then you need to sign them to that long-term big-ticket deal, and it comes when they're 27, 28, 29, and then all of a sudden you're buying a lot of years in your 30s. And the other is the fact that this is under an 8 million AAV grills. Where do you think uh, the comps were in this situation for Nick Suzuki?
3: Well, I look at guys like Hishire and Jersey and you know you, you rewind the clock a little bit more and you see Shifley and Winnipeg. Um, money was a little different at the time but the number doesn't scare the team. I think the there's only upside for the team. The downside is is pretty simple. There, you know you hope there's no injuries along the way and that's the same as every team. So I look at Shifley and I look at Hishire and you know, you mentioned Carolina, you have to laugh a little, even though he's a winner of just, uh, I think, $100,000 off. So, you know, maybe that helped them a little get that number squared away.
2: Yeah, some good points there. Let's move out west to Las Vegas, Sin City, home tonight, the Fortress against the Seattle Kraken, first game in Kraken franchise history. Lots of building to this point, tireless effort by Ron Francis and his staff getting this team on the ice. They open on the road with a somewhat long road trip before uh, starting at home on October 22nd in Seattle. There's been so much talk comparing these two teams and the unprecedented success that the Vegas Golden Knights had in their first year. And everyone's saying, well, it's probably not fair to place those same type of expectations on the Kraken. But when you look at this roster that Ron Francis has built, that Dave Haxtell will now deploy, what are realistic expectations in your mind? Where do you see them stacking up in the Pacific?
3: Well, I I think Seattle's going to be a playoff team this year. And you you nailed it on the head there. Like the the comparisons will be there, fair or not. Um, Hey, you got a new expansion team in Vegas and the new expansion team in Seattle, it's it's kind of human nature, but I think the division sets up very well for Seattle. There's no lack of experience uh, on the player side, and you know I, when I break it down, I think you know Anaheim, uh, LA, San Jose, those are teams that Seattle's probably looking saying let, let's jump ahead of right away, and you know I think the experience of management there is probably managed expectations with ownership very well. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of meetings, as all teams do, of, hey, we think we're going to be here, and this is our expectations, and this is how we're going to do it. And, and the other thing with the players is you can be sure that the players aren't sitting there wondering after five games or 10 games what Vegas' record was a couple of years ago. This is about the Seattle Kraken, and I think they have a great coach in Haxall and a great management group, and, and they're just going they're going to be the best team they can be. But I do think there's playoff opportunity here.
2: Well, I mean, there's playoff opportunity in the Pacific Division in general. When I look at it, I see Vegas 1, I see Edmonton 2, and then after that, it's wide open. And so Seattle, you know, if they come ready to play, could certainly fit into that mix. So the big question for me is going to be who's scoring the goals? How are they going to get the, that goal total to pile up? I think they've got the defense and the goaltending to compete. Now let's talk roster moves. I mentioned the front office experience, building the roster. Lots of surprises this time of year. The waiver wire was packed on Sunday. Lots of teams making moves to get under the cap. Lots of teams going to be announcing some signings here in the next couple days once they were able to put some players on LTIR and free up that cap space. So there's still a little bit of movement going on here. Steve, one thing that stood out to me in terms of the different roster moves and one of the real surprises of training camp was what Vancouver did and, and the situation that's been ongoing with Travis Hamanick. Uh There's been lots of speculation and the Canucks have sort of kept it private to this point, but all indications are that Travis Hamanick remains unvaccinated and they are now sending him to Abbotsford to start the year after clearing waivers, which kind of leaves them in a tough spot on their cap. It's a $1.8 million cap hit that they're carrying uh, after Hamanick's salary has been buried. But the tough part for me is, they just signed him to this two-year six million dollar deal on July 28th when free agency opened and really like I wonder I guess the question is what kind of homework was done from the Canucks at that point before making that signing knowing that this is where things would be trending vaccination-wise what stood out to you in terms of the roster movement here over the last number of days?
3: Uh, I, think, I think the biggest one for me was Cole Sillinger uh, 12th overall making Columbus this year and um, You know, credit to Cole. And I think when you talk to the scouts and directors of amateur scouting and managers last year, everyone talked about what a difficult year is gonna be for the draft. There was a lack of viewings. There was more video than ever. Uh, Players were playing in new leagues. They were playing less games. And Cole Sillinger, to his credit, headed down to Sioux Falls in the USHL, who happened to be the worst team in the league last year. Uh, And he finished fourth in the league in points per game. He missed the U18s with COVID uh, so we missed a, you know, the big stage and an opportunity to kind of show himself even more. So we always look at drafts three years out, five years out, look looking back and saying, hey, what, you know, who should have gone higher? How would things done differently? And and maybe this is our first glimpse into the twenty twenty one draft kind of redo. Is, is Cole Sillinger the guy that? you know, should should have jumped up and should have gone much higher. So, uh, great pick by Columbus. Obviously, they're thrilled with him and he's a guy I'm really excited to see. And and then the other one, I think you mentioned yesterday, Frank, that I'm just thrilled to see um, just because he's a great person is Brian Boyle back in the league. Happy for him and great for Pittsburgh.
2: Yeah, really interesting too. Cole Sillinger, the only player from the 2021 draft that is starting in the league, if I'm not mistaken. So, All those guys are in Michigan, so going to be an interesting situation to watch. Uh, And I think Columbus is going to be a little bit more difficult to play against than some people realize. All right, let's get into icebreakers. This is going to be our weekly insider segment uh, hosted by yours truly, where I'll run through some of the different things that are happening around the league uh, in terms of transactions and things of that nature. So let's break the ice. We'll start in Seattle where everyone is monitoring here uh, the COVID situation that the Kraken uh, have sort of found themselves in. Just really unfortunate timing when you think about it. All this building to get this team to where it needed to be and yet you're dealing with it, a roster that's in flux. And so uh, when you monitor the Kraken situation, uh, it's possible that Yunus Donskoy, Jamie Alexiak, and Jared McCann can play tonight. Uh, depending on what happens on that front. Marcus Johansson is good to go. They're waiting some test results on those other guys. But if those guys can't play, and, and everyone's waiting to see whether Alex Barbulet is able to join the team in time, but if those guys can't play, what Seattle might be looking at tonight is seven upwards of eight forwards that are going to be making under $900,000 on the cap. Lots of inexperience there. And you know that's some tough sledding when you're entering the fortress for opening night facing off against the Vegas Golden Knights. So that's certainly one situation that we'll keep monitoring throughout the day as the Kraken find out more information on the testing front. Moving on to the Chicago Blackhawks, could they be moving Dylan Strome? Well, I think that's certainly been one of the big question marks around league front offices over the last number of days. Everyone's looking at the Chicago Blackhawks lineup, Dylan Strome in line rushes on Mon- in Monday's practice, seemed to be the odd man out. There are some indications that Dylan Strome could be a healthy scratch for game one in Colorado on Wednesday night. We'll see what happens in Blackhawks practice uh, later today. But we're told that at this point, the Blackhawks are indeed open to moving Dylan Strome, who just really hasn't been able to find the traction in Jeremy Colleton's lineup to this point. So Circle Strome, who's you know had some success in Chicago, a 50-plus point season, a consistent double-digit goal scorer in the final year of his deal with a $3 million cap hit, uh, restricted free agent after this, still just 24, he turns 25 in March. He's going to be one of those names to monitor here in the early part of the season. And speaking of monitoring, how about Vladimir Tarasenko? The Tarasenko watch is still on, and everyone's played nice in the sandbox to this point. But there's no question that Vladimir Tarasenko would still like out at a certain point. Um, you know. And I think when you look at the way that this could unfold, I look back to the Patrick Laine situation in Winnipeg last year. He starts the year, plays one game, scores two goals, and boom all of a sudden a trade materializes with the columbus blue jackets i think that's possible a similar type of situation in st louis there were all these question marks about Tyler senko and his health after some of those botched uh, shoulder surgeries he has said for a long time that his shoulder is back to full strength he started proving it in camp teams were watching that and now to get back on the ice and do it, well, that's a different story. And at that point, I do think the Blues would be willing to re-engage and, and re-entertain trade discussion. So the hashtag Tarasenko watch is on in St. Louis to start the year. And how about Vitali Kravtsov with the New York Rangers? Um, really fascinating situation. This is a 2018 number nine overall pick that just hasn't found a way to crack the New York Rangers lineup. Certainly not on a consistent basis. And after not making the team out of camp, uh, Larry Brooks from the New York Post reporting that Kravtsov has refused his assignment to AHL Hartford. He's just never been a guy that's wanted to play in Hartford. He's changed agents over the last couple months, now going with Dan Milstein. And we're told this morning that Milstein has received permission from the New York Rangers to potentially uh, seek a fresh start elsewhere so he can engage in those conversations now with other teams. We'll see where Kravtsov ends up. Does he end up going to another NHL team? Could he end up going back to Russia if that doesn't work out, at which point uh, the Rangers would continue to re- retain Kravtsov's rights? That is certainly a situation that we're keeping an eye on. And it's funny, Steve, as we bring you back in, uh, one of the tweets that I had gotten even before really mentioning Dylan Strom out there in public was, what, you know, could the Rangers here send off a team to Chicago, a team that's rebuilding, and then reunite the Strome brothers in New York? Well, that would certainly be interesting.
3: Yeah, well, hey, if Dylan's a healthy scratch tonight and Kravtsov's out, obviously there's a potential match there. Um, you know, Jeff Gordon was the mastermind behind that last Strome deal. Uh, he's no longer there, obviously, and Chris Drury's in charge. So it, it, it's certainly one to... One to monitor. My my question would just be I look down the middle in New York and you know, is there been a Jad Strome, going pretty good? You know, is, is Dylan moved to the wing? You know, where does he fit in for the Rangers? But uh, you know, when you have two unhappy parties, there there's obviously potential for for movement. So two guys to watch no matter what.
2: Yeah, and what we're also gonna be watching this year as we move to our daily face-off inbox, you can ask us a question hashtag ask d or ask dfo show is what it should be if i could spit that out uh so you can fire away your questions on twitter and we'll be happy to react to them in real time but the big question of the day steve is how many 100 point scorers will we see in the nhl this year
3: i am gonna go with six 100 point scores uh I think going back to 18, 19, that's about the number we were at. And obviously, points per game wise, there's a lot of guys that had a chance to do it last year. So so I am going with six. I could probably name four or five of them, and you know, there'll be a surprise along the way. But uh, I'm going with six.
2: I think we're gonna see the most hundred point scorers that we've seen in a long time. I mean, it still blows my mind looking at last year's stats. Connor McDavid hitting a hundred and five in a fifty-six game season, but just to rattle off a few of them, McDavid, Dreisaitl, uh, Marner, Rantanen, McKinnon, maybe Shifley. I like uh, Barkov and Huberto. And I'm going to throw a little dark horse out there at you. I, we've talked about uh, – yesterday we talked about uh, Barkov and, and one of his additions and Sam Reinhardt. If he plays with that group and particularly also gets some power play time – Man, Reinhardt, I could easily see point per game north of that and maybe even knocking on that triple-digit door.
3: Well, I love Sam, and I would be rooting hard for him. I think you you might – maybe I misheard you, but I think you left out Mr. Austin Matthews as well, another guy. Who, yeah, I
2: just don't know if he's going to get the assist to get there. I mean, <laughs> I think he can get close in goals. Uh, and even with missing this first week of the season, I see Matthews as a 60-goal guy. Uh, provided that he can get in that 75 to 78 game range. But I just don't know if he'll have enough assists to get to triple digits.
3: All right, we're going to have to watch him.
2: Yeah, so let's let's bring in Tyler Uremchuk for our daily gambling segment.
3: Yeah, it's
0: sponsored by PointsBet, as always, Frank. And the season starts tonight. We'll get to those matchups, but with the season starting... It's also kind of your last opportunity to get in some futures bets for the year and that's where i'm gonna start with the segment today i'm gonna start with a team point total for the year that caught my eye over at points bet and it's the san jose sharks their line is set at 83 and a half points and that is way too high in my opinion they had 49 points in 56 games last year that works out to like a 72 point pace over an 82 game campaign I don't think they got better this offseason, never mind six wins better, which is what they need to be to hit that number. So I'm going under 83 and a half points for San Jose. And there's also a player prop for the year I have my eye on, and it's Taylor Hall. His total, depending on where you look, it's usually around 14 and a half, 15 and a half goals for the year. This is way too low. I think Taylor Hall is going to bounce back. Last year, he got off to a slow start in Buffalo. He shot 2.7%, which is an insane statistical anomaly for a guy like Hall. I think he bounces back this year with Boston, where he scored eight goals in 16 regular season games last year. The over for Hall is my play. And shifting focus to tonight's games, two big favorites on the slate is the Tampa Bay Lightning will raise their banner. They are minus 245 favorites against the Pittsburgh Penguins. And the Vegas Golden Knights are minus 265 favorites against the Seattle Kraken. Frank, you touched on Seattle's roster. Could be a shell of what maybe we thought it'd be a week ago in Pittsburgh. We know they're missing a ton of big game or big names for this one here as they start their season. So I don't like either of the underdogs in this one. What I do kind of like, though, is a little parlay action. Combining the Lightning and the Golden Knights on the money line brings that to about an even money bet at around minus 105 i like combining those two i think it could be a good night for favorites but uh let me flip that on to you two here and i'll start with you frank do you think either of these teams can pull off the underdog victory on the first day of regular season hockey
2: yeah i could see pittsburgh you know for whatever reason and i'd have to check the stat historically but teams raising the banner for whatever reason don't seem to win on that first night. I don't know if it's the emotion and thinking back to last year and all that that entails to then start focusing on business again. But for whatever reason, that just sticks out in my mind. I feel like I've been to a couple banner raisings that haven't worked out well for the home team.
3: Yeah, and for, for me, you'll have two very well-prepared road teams, but I'm going to go with the energy in the building for the home teams in Tampa Bay and Vegas, and I, and I think they will get the job
2: done. I like a little parlay action too as well. Nice thoughts there, Tyler, and thank you as well to PointsBet. So let's uh, let's get to a little garbage time here. This is always the time my coach would throw me out there. Steve, you were a Boston University Terrier. I don't know how much you know about garbage time, but the floor is yours. Tell us something that you're passionate about. What are you liking to start the season?
3: Uh, You know, one thing I I love right now and I'm appreciative of is the NHL schedule makers. Uh, They don't get a lot of credit. They get beat up all the time because teams are unhappy with matinees or back-to-backs or certain things. But it is one of the hardest jobs in the league. And right off the bat, we have the Seattle-Vegas matchup, which is exciting. You have a Montreal-Toronto coming up. Obviously, anyone who followed the season closely last year remembers Washington and New York um so a bunch of games right off the hop that make you want to sit down and and watch hockey all night so credit to them for getting it right and getting us excited for the start of the season
2: yeah you're so right steve hot in the nhl office all the different matrix is going and even this year in itself i'm sure there'll be uh some covid stuff that he's going to have to keep an eye on moving some things around hopefully not and the olympic three-week break uh, still hoping that the nhl gets there and By the way, could you imagine waking up from a coma that you were in for the last five years and you're a big hockey fan and you look at the schedule tonight and you go, the Vegas Golden Knights against the Seattle Kraken, who? Like what? Uh, Yeah, anyway, that's just the world that we're living in now. So welcome to Seattle as the NHL's 32nd team. That is all the time that we have today for the Daily Face Off Show. Thank you so much for joining us. Steve, great to break your maiden on the media side. And if you're looking for any... Information and news from around the National Hockey League, check out dailyfaceoff.com. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll see you here tomorrow. Mike McKenna is back for our third show in our first week as we continue with the Daily Faceoff Show. Take care, everyone.
3: Thanks for watching the Daily Face Off Show. Make sure you hit subscribe on our YouTube channel to never miss an episode.
0: Because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear. And you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.